0: In your Bibles this morning, I would invite you to turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 12. In the last couple of passages that we've seen in the Gospel of Luke, we see Jesus with an audience. He's had a crowd of people around him. It began with a controversy between Jesus and the Pharisees the scribes and teachers of the law. And Jesus turned that into an opportunity to warn his disciples about the hypocrisy of the Pharisees, how the Pharisees were known as religious people, but it really it was just for show. They put on a good external display of religion, but Jesus revealed that inside their hearts, they were dead. And then Jesus then moved his attention to his disciples and focused on them, and is reminding them that life is more than just what we see. Life is more than just what we can touch or what we can accumulate for ourselves. And so last week, the focus was on not coveting. And Jesus told a parable of a man who accumulated all of this wealth. He had all of this grain so much grain that he had to build bigger barns, bigger silos to hold all of his grain. And the conclusion of the man was, I've got enough. I've got enough to sit back, take it easy and just enjoy life. And in the parable, God comes to the man and says, you're a fool because tonight your life is over. Tonight, your life will be required of you. And you will stand before me and give an accounting of everything that you've done in your life. And then what do all those possessions matter? Who's going to get all of those things that you've accumulated for yourselves? In our passage this morning, Jesus is going to stay on the focus on physical things, physical treasures, but kind of the opposite side of the coin instead of coveting, and desiring more and more just for the sake of having more and more, Jesus is going to look at the other side of our attachment, our focus on worldly things, from the standpoint of worry and concern and fear over whether we have enough or not. And so Jesus is going to address the topic of worry beginning in Luke 12, verse 22. Jesus says in this passage to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, and yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire... How much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom sell your possessions and give to the poor provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out a treasure in heaven that will never fail where no thief comes near and no moth destroys for where your treasure is there. Your heart will be also let's pray together. Father, I pray that you would help us in the next few minutes that we have to just think about what our savior is teaching us in this passage to understand it, to understand its meaning in our current context in 21st century America and how we might apply it to our lives. Father, help us to remember and to put into practice the overriding truths of this passage. And Lord, may your Savior, who spoke these words nearly 2,000 years ago, may they impact our hearts and lives today. And we pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. We worry about a lot of things, don't we? We worry about a lot of things. We worry about our safety. We worry about our finances. We worry about what other people think of us. We worry about things that we have no control over whatsoever. We worry over things that we make up in our minds that have no basis in reality whatsoever. Worry reveals a fundamental insecurity about the future or about the unknown worry is the opposite of trust. And really to put it bluntly, to put it really simply, worry has no place in the life of a Christian in the life of a disciple of Jesus, because being a Christian is about faith, isn't it? Being a Christian is about faith. It is about trust and worry is the opposite of trust. To worry is to not trust God. And in this passage, Jesus is going to deal with the topic of worry in one major area of life, and that is in the area of financial security or even in the basic necessities of life. And this message by Jesus is really divided up into two parts. One negative, don't do this, and the other positive, instead, do this. And so the first admonition in the first several verses is do not focus your attention on the physical treasures of this life. So Jesus says, don't put your focus here. Don't put your focus on the physical treasures of this life. And really what Jesus is doing is he is building on the message that we looked at last week. If you notice in verse number 22, It says, then Jesus said to his disciples. So if you see the word then or therefore, it is bringing us back to what we saw in verse 21, which is the parable that Jesus told about the rich man building bigger barns. And then Jesus comes to the conclusion after that parable and says, this is how it will be when with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. And so someone who puts all of their focus on the treasures of this life and just desires more and more and more, ultimately, they're going to stand before God and give an account for that. And Jesus says that's how it's going to be for someone who puts all of their focus on the things of this world. And so by connecting it to the previous passage, Jesus is teaching us to not covet wealth. Don't put your focus on the physical treasures of this life. Don't covet wealth. Don't covet more and more. But then Jesus is going to go even deeper to the next level. Take it beyond just coveting. And he's going to deal with worry about the basic necessities of life. He says in verse 22, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or about your body, what You will wear those are the basic necessities of life, aren't they? Food and clothing. We might even throw in shelter in that. The basic necessities of life. Coveting is wanting more and more because you're not satisfied with how much you have. But interestingly, worry is a close cousin of coveting. Because coveting, you desire more because you don't think you have enough. But with worry, you desire more because you're afraid you don't have enough. So both coveting and worry both want more of the the physical treasures of this life. Coveting wants more just because it wants more, to enjoy more, to have more. It's never satisfied. Worry wants more because it doesn't feel secure. It doesn't feel like it has enough and is afraid and therefore wants more. And it's putting its focus and security on those things of this life. And so coveting is putting enjoyment in the things of this life. Worry is putting security in the things of this life. They're very closely related to each other. They both want more just for different reasons. And so Jesus is telling his disciples in this passage to not worry about the basic necessities of life. Don't worry about food. Don't worry about clothing. These basic things of life. Why? Why should we not be focused on these things? Well, Jesus tells us because there is a higher goal. There's something more important than the physical treasures of this life. He says in verse 23, for life is more than food and the body more than clothes. In other words, if all of of life, if all it is about is having stuff, then that's a pretty miserable life. And it's a wasted life. Jesus is saying there's so much more to living for God in this world than just having stuff than just having your basic necessities of life even covered. Life is so much more than that. Life is bigger than that. Well, what is that bigger purpose? Well, he's going to tell us a little bit later on. But for right now, he just wants us to know life is more than these things. There's a higher goal. There's a higher purpose for your life. And so don't focus on these things because life is more than that. Also don't focus on these physical treasures because God is going to take care of your basic necessities. So you don't have to worry and be anxious about making sure that you have these basic necessities of life because God is going to take care of you. God's going to take care of you. How do we know that? Well, because God takes care of the rest of creation. God takes care of the rest of creation. He says in verse 24, consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, and yet God feeds them. Notice the words storeroom or barn. When was the last time we saw that? Not too long ago in this passage. It was with the parable of the man who had to build bigger barns, wasn't it? The man had so much grain, he had so much stuff, he had to build bigger storehouses. And it still wasn't enough because God comes to him and says, tonight, your life is going to be held accountable. And then Jesus says, now look at the ravens. They don't even have any barns. They don't have any storehouses. So they're not saving up anything for the future at all. Remember that rich man? Where was he putting his desires and his security? He was putting it in his wealth, wasn't he? He, he said, I've got all this stuff. I've got it laid up for many years. Now I'm going to sit back and take, take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. He was putting his joy, his pleasure, as well as his security in the things that he had accumulated. But they were all of no use when he stood before the throne of God in judgment. The ravens? They don't store up anything for the future. They don't plan for the future. They don't have barns, storehouses so that they can accumulate for the years ahead. And by the way, when Jesus used the example of ravens, he's using one of the most despised creatures that he could. In Leviticus 11, this passage in the Old Testament that lists out the clean and unclean animals, guess where ravens fall? Ravens are unclean. So these are despised creatures. They they were not allowed to be eaten. They were despised. They were considered nuisances. So the last thing that anybody would care or give any concern about in ancient Israel would be a raven. And yet, Jesus says, yet God feeds them. God takes care of them. These lowliest of creatures that no one ever thinks about, God takes care of them. In verse 27, he says, consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labor or spin yet. I tell you not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. So who is Solomon? He was the richest, the wisest, probably the the one in whom the height of Israel's kingdom reached in terms of wealth and prominence and expansion. Solomon was wealthy. If Solomon wanted a new set of clothes, he said, you make me a new set of clothes. He had everything that he could possibly want. He had untold wealth. And yet Jesus says, look at that little flower over there. It is more beautiful than Solomon ever was. Even with the huge wardrobe that he had of all these clothes that he could put on and wear in his royalty. God takes care of them. He clothes the flowers. He feeds the ravens. He takes care of his creation and if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? So God is going to take care of your basic necessities of life because God does it for creation and you are the object of his special love. And so Jesus is really arguing from the lesser to the greater. If God takes care of ravens, And he takes care of flowers in the field. How much more you? He's going from the lesser to the greater. God is going to take care of flowers and and birds. How much more valuable are people than that? In the original week of creation, people were the climax of God's creative work, weren't they? God looked on everything that he had made and said, It's good. But after he had made man and woman, he said, It is very good. It was finished. People were the climax of God's creative work. Then go a step even above that. And Jesus is talking about not just people in general, but now even his disciples, his people that Jesus came to give his life for, to redeem, to call and save the sheep that he was going to lay down his life for. How much more will God clothe you, you of little faith? So God is going to take care of you. He takes care of all creation He's certainly going to take care of you because you're the objects of his special love. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, how much more will he clothe you? Also, God knows what you need and he is good. So he takes care of creation. How much more are you? And by the way, God already knows what you need anyway. Verse 29, do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. Do you think there's any necessity, any lack that you have that your loving father God doesn't already know about? He knows about it. And not only does he know about it, he cares about it, and he is a good God. He knows what you need. And so don't go running after the things of this life because there's more to life than that. There's more to life than physical treasures. And God is the one who's going to provide for you anyway. And because worrying, anxiety doesn't do any good anyway. It doesn't do any good. It doesn't help you in any way. Look what Jesus says in verse 25. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? There are certain things that are beyond our control, aren't they? We can't just by thinking about it, by mindfulness, by meditation, by power of will say, I'm going to live an hour longer than what God has appointed. In another passage in Matthew, Jesus says, neither can you add a cubit to your stature. You can't add height to your growth. Certain things that are outside of your control. So there's no use worrying about them. Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? What does worry and anxiety accomplish? Nothing. Except to get you all worked up and concerned. That's all it does. It doesn't help the situation at all. So worrying doesn't help anyway. And so stop focusing on the physical things of this life. There's more to life than that. God knows what you need and worry and anxiety about these things doesn't help at all. So stop focusing on them. Instead, here's the positive exhortation now. Focus all your attention on the kingdom of Christ and the spiritual treasures of the next life. Why? Because the kingdom of Jesus is that higher goal. Remember back in verse 23 when Jesus says, For life is more than food and the body more than clothes. And we said there's more to life than just these physical things. Well, what is that? That is more to life. It is the kingdom of Christ, isn't it? It is living for God. Jesus says in verse 31, seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. The biggest question that any human being can ever ask and answer is what on earth am I here for? What am I here for? And the old confession, the Westminster confession and catechism gives it this way. What is the chief end of man? What's what's the chief goal, the chief aim, the chief purpose of human beings. The chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. That's the answer to glorify God. In other words, Honoring God, praising God, giving glory to God is the focus, is the the hub of our entire life. All these other things that we think about, clothes, food, cars, houses, bank accounts, 401ks, the stock market, COVID, health, hospital, medical bills, life insurance, health insurance, all of this other stuff, That's around the outside. That's all peripheral. And what we need to continually be doing is asking ourselves, how do all of these things relate to the kingdom of God? And the kingdom of God needs to be our focus. Seek, search for, run after the kingdom of God. And then all these other things, God's going to take care of them. He knows you need them. He cares for the rest of creation. He's going to care for you. The kingdom of Christ is the higher goal. Our job, our families, our hobbies, our entertainments, the way we spend our money, the way we spend our time, the things that we think about, all of these things should be put through the funnel of the kingdom of Christ. Focused on him. How can my job bring honor and glory to God? Any job, any occupation, any vocation can bring honor and glory to God with a few exceptions that are immoral or illegal. But any moral legal occupation can bring honor and glory to God. You can bring honor and glory to God as a doctor by helping people and being a blessing to people. You can be a blessing to people by being an engineer and building buildings and building bridges. You can be a blessing to people by driving a truck that brings important things from one place to another that people need to live and improve their lives. You can be a, a, a honoring and glorifying to God by building a house for someone as a As a contractor, you can be a blessing to someone by fixing their plumbing. You can be a blessing to someone by being a banker and helping them provide for their necessities of life. Any occupation, whatever it is, it can be God honoring if you put Jesus and his kingdom at the center of it. And think about ways that I can love my neighbor as myself through this occupation our life is so much more than just the things of this world, the physical treasures. So seek his kingdom first. That is the higher goal. And Jesus says also, because God is going to supply the needs of his children that are seeking the kingdom. He says in verse 31, all these other things, they're going to be given to you as well. So put your focus on Christ. God is going to take care of you. Now, when he says these other things will be given to you as well, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have the biggest house in town. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be driving through town in a 2021 Ford Shelby Mustang GT 500 with the extra carbon fiber track package as a random example. Okay. You're not going to get all of those things that the world searches after, but, He is going to provide for your basic necessities of life, right? He's going to care for you. God's going to supply the needs of his children. And because the kingdom of Jesus Christ is better than all the other physical treasures. Here's the thing that I think is hard for us to put our minds around. We can't comprehend it. When we go running after money or houses or food or clothing or any of this stuff that this world is all about. We're going running after the crumbs. We're running after the crumbs. We're running after the leftovers. It reminds me of a commercial that I saw. This is a while back. I think it was a capital one commercial, some credit card commercial. And there was this guy who is offering this kid in a high chair, this little toddler, he was offering him a, a, a wad of money, or a bowl of, of Cheerios, I think. And now for us, we're like, okay, the choice is obvious, right? I'm going to take the, the pile of money. I can buy a lot of Cheerios and whatever I want with this pile of money. But for the kid, little one and a half year old or whatever it was, one year old in the high chair, he goes for the Cheerios, right? He doesn't care about this paper, green paper. He doesn't understand, does he? He doesn't understand the value, doesn't under, even understand the concept. Well, take that illustration, take it to the eternal perspective. When we go after houses, when we go after cars, when we go after all this stuff that the world has to offer, we're choosing the Cheerios over that, which is of eternal significance and value because we can't even comprehend. We can't even begin to understand how the eternal treasures of Christ compare to the treasures of this life. There is no comparison. But because this is our only frame of reference and this is all we know, we go running after these things because we don't comprehend the infinite value of that which awaits us. The kingdom of Jesus Christ is better than all the other physical treasures. Jesus says in verse 32, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. The kingdom, this is God's pleasure to give you the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ. Not a little house, but a whole kingdom. Paul says in Romans chapter 8 if God did not spare his own son, but freely gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us what? All things all things. One day the children of God are going to reign with Christ over the kingdom, the eternal kingdom of God in a new heavens and a new earth in a new Jerusalem. And the things of this world are going to be nothing crumbs compared to what that eternal kingdom is. The father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. What a gracious gift. And we spurn that gift, when we seek the treasures of this life over the kingdom of God. The kingdom of Jesus is the only treasure that endures. Here's the problem with seeking the treasures of this life. They don't last, do they? They don't last. The kingdom of Jesus is the only one that endures. He says in verse 33, sell your possessions and give to the poor, provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out a treasure in heaven that will never fail where no thief comes near and no moth destroys no matter what you do to uh, protect your belongings, your treasures in this life, they can be taken from you. Your stuff can burn up in a fire. It can be destroyed in a tornado. It can, your money can be gone in a stock market crash. All, all this stuff that we put our focus and effort into it is so so trivial, so ephemeral, it's gone, it's here, it's gone, does not last. So Jesus says, stop focusing on treasure that fades, focus on treasure that endures for all of eternity. Because the kingdom of Christ is the only treasure that endures. Remember what he said to that rich fool in verse 20? God said to him, you fool this very night, your life will demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? You can't take it with you, can you? You earn it. You work hard for it. You provide for yourself and then you die. And someone else gets it. You can't take it with you. So put your focus and treasure that is eternal. And Jesus says, Finally, to his disciples, because what you are seeking for reveals what is in your heart. What you are seeking for reveals what is in your heart. He says, sell your possessions and give to the poor. Jesus told that very same thing to another man who came to him asking how he could have eternal life. This rich young ruler came to Jesus and says, master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, go, sell all your possessions and give to the poor." Again, not because that's how you earn salvation, by giving to the poor, but Jesus told the man that to reveal what was in his heart and to reveal that this man was not ready to follow Christ in his kingdom. He still loved his money too much. He was not ready to believe. He was not ready to put his hand to the plow and not look back. He was not ready to take up his cross and follow Jesus because his heart was still focused on money and the things of this world. And so when Jesus told him, sell your possessions and give to the poor, he walked away because he was very wealthy. So here, when Jesus tells his disciples, sell your possessions and give to the poor, it really reveals what is in our heart when we read that statement and our reaction to it. Well, I would never do that well, then maybe we're closer to the rich young ruler than we are to a disciple of Jesus. Jesus says, give of your possession to those who are in need. And then he says in verse 34, because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is. So if your treasure is in the things of this world, then your heart is, is in the things of this world and may I also add, I believe the implication of that is then so is your destiny of the things of this world. But if your heart is, if your treasure is in spiritual things, then your heart is in spiritual things. And that is also where your destiny is in spiritual things, in heavenly things. Jesus says in verse 30, for the pagan world runs after all such things. So unbelievers, people who are not disciples of Jesus, this is what they focus on. They go running after treasure and food and clothes and houses and all these things, but you're a disciple of Jesus. So disciples of Jesus do not go running after all of these things like the rest of the unbelieving world. Jesus is teaching in this passage that disciples of Jesus find their complete satisfaction and security in Jesus Christ and his kingdom. Disciples of Jesus find their complete satisfaction and security in Jesus Christ and his kingdom. What defines your life? What, what is your life about? And one way to answer that question is to start thinking about the things that are in your life and how much it would impact you, how much it would affect you if those things were not there. So how much would your life be shaken upside down if you didn't have your job or your career? How much would your life be shaken upside down if you didn't have the house that you have? How much would your life be shaken upside down and rocked to the core? If someone in your family were to pass away, I'm not saying we shouldn't care about our family members, but my, my point in saying that comment is if, if our whole life if our whole, meaning our purpose is wrapped up in a person, then what's going to happen to us when that person may no longer be there. And the same with stuff. If our whole life is in the pursuit of stuff and of power and position and pleasure and things, what's going to happen when those things don't materialize or when those things are gone, our lives are going to be devastated. To use an example What about a young man who maybe is pursuing a career in professional sports, maybe professional basketball, and he's putting everything in that. He works for it every day. He tries hard every day. He practices every day, doing all the drills, all the exercises, strengthening himself, jumping higher, shooting better, running faster. And he is doing all of this and he makes it to the highest levels of college basketball, division one basketball. And he is not drafted what's going to happen to that person's life when everything that he knew everything that he thought was important, he put everything in that it's going to rock his world, isn't it? Again, we can answer the question, what is our life really about? What's important to us when we ask the question, what happens if that thing is taken away? Because here's the thing you can't take away from someone, the kingdom of Christ. Jesus says, no one can pluck you out of my hand. No one can pluck you out of my father's hand. No one can take away the kingdom of Christ from you. So therefore focus your attention on that, focus your attention on God and on his kingdom. And when these other things, if they fade away, if they fall away your life, yes, it will be hard. There will be grief, but your life will not be destroyed. Your life, will you will not be rocked to the core of your very being because that's not where you are putting your meaning and your purpose in life. You are putting your meaning and purpose in life in God, in his kingdom. So a disciple of Jesus finds their complete satisfaction and security in Jesus Christ and his kingdom. May God help us to do that. And I mentioned this last week. We are particularly susceptible to the temptations as 21st century Americans, aren't we? because there's stuff all around us and there's advertisements for stuff all around us. And the whole American way is you got to have this in order to be happy, have more and more and more. But Jesus' message is, no, you don't have to have all this stuff. You just need Christ and his kingdom. And so may God help us to put our focus in the right place so that our heart might be in the right place. And so that, that we might inherit the kingdom of Christ for all of eternity. Let's bow in prayer together. Our father, we thank you that we've had the time that we've had this morning to just listen to the wisdom of Jesus, to listen to his words. I pray, father, that we have understood his meaning, that we've understood what he's been teaching us in this passage. And Lord, I pray that your spirit would do the work in our hearts and minds that only he can do. Only he can open our eyes. Only he can soften our hearts. Only he can cause us to welcome and embrace the word of Christ. So, Father, may he help us to do that this morning. God, may we seek your kingdom first and your righteousness and then trust you for the rest. And we pray this in the name of Christ. Amen.